Fuck yes, welcome to that with me, host as always, Brian Dressel. With me as always is Jonathan Hardesty. We did it! Jerry Darso. Hi. Standing in for Emily Blake. We have Elliot Campos. Yo. <laughs> did you know that you're sitting in for Emily Blake today? Uh, I'm wearing her headphones, so, oh, so. I'm, I'm cosplaying a little bit. <laughs> I think Emily would approve of that. Yeah. You didn't laugh, yeah. though, in the beginning at me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You you need to tell me when I'm supposed to laugh at you because otherwise it will never happen. It just at the <laughs> just get those cute cards. It's at the very beginning, yeah. <laughs> laugh at John. I don't know if that's an insult or compliment like, to John or Emily. To John because it, I don't know if that means that John's just not funny. Remember what we talked or... about with explaining jokes. Earlier? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm it's trying a, to add on to your. It's joke. okay. I'm used to it. Special guest today. We have Joey Scow. Hi, Joey. Hello. Uh, Joey, you used to work on At Midnight. Yes, that's right. Yeah, oh, that's correct. Cool. cool. Uh, along with a former friend of the show, not former friend, former guest. That sounds really bad. <laughs> former but... friend of the show. <laughs> yeah, that's a... I was like, what do you guys do? Execute yeah. us all when yeah. we leave? <laughs> uh, and thank you for playing. Yeah. You're not good enough. Yeah, he just hasn't been on in a very long time. But Cody Camp used to also work at that show. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he was one of my peers. Yeah, he used to be on like every other episode way back in the day when he, we used to live together. He's like, oh. oh, shit, we need a guest. Cody, what are you doing? <laughs> Cody! <laughs> and then Cody would wander into the room like, all right, what are we talking about? And since he's seen fucking every movie, he'd watch them. Yeah, it worked out well. He just got engaged. Did he? Yeah, I did not know. That. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that on uh, yeah. on the Instagrams. Yeah, oh. to uh, Becky, who also worked in at Midnight. Oh, nice. so, yeah, there good you go. for all of them. Oh, well, just a little trivia for no one who cares. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but congratulations to those two if they listen. Yeah, if they listen, I'm not sure if they do anymore. We yeah. care. We care. We, we do. Oh no, I care. <laughs> but you know, I don't know who this goes to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, we'll do a quick. Where have you been doing? Um, since technically this episode will come out. Later, I'll save my first one for next week, slash an hour from now. That's really confusing time travel. Uh, I'll say that I've been watching Veep, because I'd never watched it before. And uh, apparently, it's like really, really good, and I had no idea. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, like it's... Uh, Veep is amazing. I, I For some reason, I just always kind of went, eh, I don't really like political comedies. Like I like, I like politics, I like comedies, but man, eh, they just don't really do it for me. Oh, God. Except for In the Loop. And I didn't know the guy from In the Loop had such a huge hand in Veep. Yeah. And had I known that, I would have watched it a long time ago. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I've watched every single episode. Love Veep. I, uh, I started it through... Tuesday, and I'm in season four now. Oh, nice. So uh, yeah, yeah. I'm moving through it pretty quick. They, uh, they actually move really fast, too, the episodes. Yeah, yeah. It's very, very boom, boom, boom. Yeah, and it's just, it's great the whole way through. And if you haven't watched it much like me, I would highly recommend it. Uh, the first three seasons are very good. They will make you laugh, but they are not uh, like super hard belly laughs. And then the second season four hits, it's like, holy shit, this really gets off the rails fast, and it's fantastic. Nice. Um, but that's also when they changed showrunners. So I like the second showrunner more, I think. Although the first guy was very good. But the second showrunner also had a big hand in Seinfeld, from what I understand. So that also oh, kind of makes a lot of sense. That actually. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so if you haven't watched Veep, I highly recommend it. Uh, John, what about you? So due to me moving to a new place and all that and being busy with work, haven't had a chance to watch or listen to a lot of stuff. But I have been on the commute listening to more Critical Role. Oh, okay. D&D podcast. And I'm trying to catch up because uh, starting January, they're going to do a new campaign with the same actors and new characters and stuff like that. But, you know, D&D takes a while. So each episode is really long. Yeah. So, so it's, I'm about halfway through the, the first run. So Cool. Yeah. So I recommend it. It's fun. Yeah. True. What about you? Um, I have still been incredibly tired after work every day. So I have not been watching too many new movies. And I have been trying to get to the big crossover <laughs> Earth X invasion thing, Crisis on X. What was Crisis it? on Earth X. Crisis on Earth X uh, on the CW shows. 
and fucking Arrow has made it such a chore because I want to make sure I actually watch the episodes leading up to it, but Arrow is just so boring. That also includes The Flash, right? Is The Flash yeah, part of that? Yeah, The Flash is in it, Legends of Tomorrow's in gotcha, it, okay. Supergirl's in it. Gotcha, okay. And I've got through all those, but I'm just trying to get through Arrow to catch up, and it's just like, okay, I'm on the couch, I'm watching, I'm like, See, I think it's a. I really enjoy this season, but that's because I've been watching it in the background for everything. Yeah. So, like, I really only kind of like start paying attention when important things start happening, and all the fluff just kind of goes away. And it's like, oh, Ollie and Felicity are married now. I missed that part. I'm. I like that Ollie and Felicity are back together. I hate that he's uh, madmaning it, and he's just doing it because she's good with his son. I always hate it when they do that in shows. They always make it seem so inspiring. Of he's he really sees how great she is. For his kids. You should never <laughs> stay together for the kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's really dumb. I don't like it when they do that in TV shows. And they seem to actually kind of do it a lot. I mean, you're definitely going to get divorced later. <laughs> Divorcing Oliver? No way. He's such a stand-up guy. I mean, he is, but he's very <laughs> selfish at the same time. Yeah, I was kidding. He sucks. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> suck. I really like Ollie. He just needs to... He needs to, he just. He's better not in permanent relationships, I guess. Sounds uh, like a sucky dude. And... <laughs> Even though I still love the Flash, I'll just—it's annoying me more and more. It's annoying me more oh, no. that no one on the Flash has a job. Essentially, <laughs> no, it's true. No one, no one on that show works at all. Everybody, and they all can afford everything. I don't know. Who it, oh yeah, star, the apartment star they just got was amazing. Point. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. Their their apartment. I was like, how the hell? Where where do they live? And yeah. How do they afford this? I'm like. Their dad is a cop, guys. Their dad is a cop. How much is he fucking making? I'm I don't sorry. know. Can I swear I on mean, this thing? Yeah. yeah. All right. They I have... open with fuck yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Barry <laughs> and his dad, have, they're cops. They yeah. have a job. Right. Um, Iris is supposed to be a journalist, yet I never see her writing anything. How Cisco... She has a blog. Oh. Don't you remember? Cisco <laughs> and um, Killer Frost, Caitlin, who's paying their bills? I don't know. Well, she is part-time criminal maybe she's stealing it all in like the downtime on all the other shows people got jobs supergirl's got a job ollie's got a job Uh, they all got jobs legends of tomorrow don't got jobs because they're time travelers we start saying have (laughs) 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 whatever i I, this is how frustrating it is I can't use good grammar because it doesn't make sense. <laughs> Everybody get got. I, I appreciate that analogy. Kate, Not analogy, but So at this point, I'm just like, Caitlin and Cisco must be on welfare. Or maybe they just, uh, like, they saved a lot. They're really... Uh... <laughs> Who's paying the bill to power that station that they are imprisoning? Oh, I know this one. The... I know this one. It's the Speed Force. The Speed Force <laughs> okay. is paying the electric bill. So, so, yep. <laughs> so I have a really, really, actually, really honest question. Who builds everything that Cisco makes up? And because some of these things would take literally months, and he builds it in like an episode. The Speed Force. Who's paying for those parts? <laughs> no, that's Speed not that. <laughs> yeah, but like like things that would literally take like crews and crews and crews of people. It's like you know that big trapping thing that yeah. was trapping the uh, yellow flash or whatever his name was. Uh, reverse flash. <laughs> there you go. Whatever. Yeah. But like like all, he's like yeah I built this and I'm like. How the hell did you build that? <laughs> There's no way you built this by yourself. There are a lot of people rolling 20s on their die. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. <laughs> I get to build it. Check, check that die. It's weighted. So is, is this I don't know if it's 
Maybe that's what, what bogs down Arrow is that they all are worried about actually having jobs all the time. Oh, so, that, so, so, oh, so they care about so, you know, like Yeah, so maybe that's why something. Flash is so much fun because they just throw that out the window. So you'd like Homeless Green Arrow way more. Maybe. <laughs> uh, Elliot, what about you? Where have you been doing? Yeah, so to continue the DC TV train, I'm actually going through season three of Gotham mm-hmm. on Netflix. Now, that show, it's very clear the employment of all (laughs) (laughs) So I think that immediately puts it way above the CW nonsense. No, it's so better. (laughs) And the show is just so ridiculous and goofy and silly, and the plot twists are so inane. Like, I just kind of love it to pieces at this point. (laughs) Like, every episode, just characters just behave in the wildest ways just to stretch out this material until they can finally get Batman to show up in like 10 years. <laughs> I am I feel like I already saw a preview with little bats in, his, in an outfit. Yeah, they can't put it off any longer, but they can't actually do it. So. <laughs> is he so 12 or 13? They're just gonna do it enough without actually doing it to piss off everybody. But the show is just such a weird miscalculation because they want to do the show that's Gotham before Batman really happens. But by doing that, nothing that will interest Batman fans is actually happening. So they have to have all the villains be way too old to eventually fight Pee Wee Batman when he shows up. And... Uh, Maybe they all have kids and they take up the mantle. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be... It's like the descendants. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's going to be the descendants or it's going to be like the younger brother or sister who avenges their sibling's death. Yeah, just Batman just leaves out Junior in all of their names. So Peggy yes. Junior, Joker Junior. Honestly, if this show, if they had just scaled everybody younger and made it the Little Rascals... But starring <laughs> Batman and the Legion of Doom. Oh my God! Could you please do that? <laughs> I have never so, watched this, but I would totally watch that. That would be amazing. Because right now, Selena Kyle is Bruce Wayne's age, so that they can, you know, Bang. bump uglies without it being a weird cougar thing. But, oh, but that works so well. But they're just... It does. Yeah. <laughs> Look at those levels. That's nice. They're in that teenage phase where Bruce is really like crushing on her so hard, but Selena is rebuffing his advances, even though she likes him, but she's too cool to be in a relationship like that. And it's just so adorable. <laughs> like I'm su- The first season, them together, it was like Aladdin and Jasmine from the Disney movie. You know, okay. you have this rich kid versus this streetwise person who's like, hey, like your parents died. Boo hoo. I'm an orphan. You know, <laughs> stuff like that. And I. Is that a direct quote? Uh-huh. It, I'm, I'm into that please. show then. <laughs> it was paraphrasing. But yeah, it's just. The first season is the best because that's when Bed Endlin was working on it, the creator of The Tick. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's kind of a rising tide that raises all boats. So the first season is the best, but it's still just so goofy and silly that... But it's like purposely goofy and silly, not like these DC movies. I think it's... You just can't help yourself. (laughs) Every opportunity. I think it's a real good time that it's on Netflix. So if you're tired of watching Oliver rage against how these these guys, they can't take hard training. They need to... (laughs) They need to not be babies. You should actually watch the show with a baby Batman. 
<laughs> Honestly, I would have already been watching if it was called Baby Batman. Oh my god. If they did like Muppet Baby. Oh yeah. Like with the whole Batman universe. Oh, just like Muppet Justice League. Muppet Baby amazing. Justice yeah. League. Oh, I'm, I'm totally in it. Today on uh, Muppet DC. Exactly. The Joker steals Batman's security blanket. Yeah! <laughs> uh, quick, quick plug. Uh. Quick plug. There is actually a webcomic called Year One that. It, I think it's a kindergarten or something that has all the DC characters, but they all like wear their costumes all the time. So it's really cute. Like Superman has a crush on Wonder Woman, but Wonder Woman has a crush on Batman. And yeah. Batman's just like too, like he's the the Dark Knight. He can't hold a girl's <laughs> hand. You know, it's year one is a really fun webcomic that I would recommend huh. for people. <laughs> Hey guys, Brian here. Just want to make a really quick fix. The comic that Elliot is talking about is actually JL8. If you search for it online, I'm sure you can find it. It's wonderful. I totally agree with him. I've been reading it as I've been cutting these podcasts. All right, back to the show. That's cool. Uh, while I'm looking this up, Joey, do you have a uh, where have you been doing? Uh, well, I've just been going through the uh, uh, Doctor Who's. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's what I've been uh, for the past uh, week. Made it through into the new. Well, not the new Doctor. I'm like. You're still in. the new ones. Matt the Smith. new ones, yeah. I'm, I'm Matt Smith right now, so with oh. uh, Amy Pons, yeah. You'll end up loving Rory the most. Yeah, no, I know. I've already made it through this one, and then okay. I then I backtrack because I um, I got started with uh, Blink. Okay, uh, yep. great, so, episode. Yeah. great episode. Great yeah. episode. Yeah. So so because uh, my my husband was like, no, you have to watch this episode because you don't have to know anything about the Doctor, and you're gonna love it. And then so I watched that, and then he started me. He's like, now I have to introduce you to Amy Pons. So then <laughs> so then I went up to Amy Pons, and we stopped right before the Christmas episode. Um, and he's like, okay, so now you have to go back and watch from the beginning. And I'm like, okay. That's a weird way what? to go back. It's like you're getting lost in a labyrinth. Yeah. Chris has a very weird Wibbly, order. Wibbly, no, no. Wibbly, wobbly, timey, wimey. So the thing sure, is, sure. I, so you can watch them in any order you want to. Yeah. I mean, technically, yeah. I'm just saying it goes with the universe. But no, but, uh, the, so the thing is, is like Chris has only, had only watched that too. And then he talked to his best friend and his best friend was like, wait, before you watch this episode, in order to understand what's happening in this episode, you need to go back and like meet all these different characters, yeah. cast of characters. So that's why we were like, oh, all right, we'll stop. And then and then Chris got busy, and now I was like waiting for him. I was like, okay, you're on your own. I have to do it myself because <laughs> I can, you know, I can binge watch anything, and he has to be in the right mood and has to be the right time of day. Yeah. It's very weird. Because it, watching a lot of Matt Smith before watching David Tennant, you don't get to see the library with River Song. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you don't understand the like emotional turmoil between him and her very much. No, oh, yeah. yeah. It was it was amazing. Like when I found out that was the first episode that she like showed up in, yeah. like I'm like, oh wait, I thought that she had started with Matt Smith. Like yeah. like like that's the first time we met her. But now I was like, oh she was actually with one of the other the older doctors. And I was yeah. like, oh that's amazing. That's awesome because they carried that through, yeah. which is great. And it's also like I, I just I love that bookend of the first day they meet is the day she dies. Yes, it's like that's just so fucking cool. It was great. Yeah. Uh, okay, that's what I've been doing. Should we start talking about Happy New Year's? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, this episode we are recording very early, uh, actually earlier than the one that came out last week. Um, but we're releasing this to celebrate Happy New Year's. Uh, if okay. you have not been paying attention to our past few episodes, uh, I wanted to do a good movie. Uh, for New Year's, and there's no good movies for New Year's. There's a lot of sappy movies. <laughs> there's for a New lot Year's. of like sappy Love Actually ripoffs, or like just horrible fucking horror movies. Just not a lot of really decent New Year's movies. 
So I went, all right, so how about movies that take place at New Year's? And I came up with Ghostbusters 2. Uh, because I love Ghostbusters 2, in fact, for the ending, which we'll get into. And it gives me a good excuse to rewatch it and talk about it with people. Um, so a little bit about it. It came out in 1989, and it did not do great. Uh, it made money. did not make as much money as they were hoping. It was not very well reviewed. People were not a big fan of the uh, very hokey, like, we all need to be friends ending, which I agree with them. They were right. Um, but it, it has stayed the test of time. People still watch it. They still always watch it with Ghostbusters 1. So I think even though there's some bad in there, clearly people still like it, or we would not be talking about it today nearly 30 years after it came out. Um, but before we go too far down the rabbit hole, it's time for a breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. Uh, Joey, are you excited to do a breakdown, breakdown, breakdown? Oh, Lord. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Ghostbusters 2 in 30 seconds. Here we go, 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 go. It's five years later. Everyone hates the Ghostbusters. And then Sigourney Weaver has a baby, and she runs over to this goo, and the goo goes into the street and takes the baby away. Um, she runs to the Ghostbusters says, help, 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 help. Uh, finds out that she works in the museum. The museum curator is... Uh, possessed by a painting and the painting wants the baby in order to come to life on new year's eve ghostbusters find the ooze they go to the court the judge yells the ghosts come out the ghosts um everyone's like oh ghostbusters we believe in you again hooray and then they're really really busy they find out that all the ooze is going into towards the museum the museum is uh covered in the ooze and they're out of time (laughs) (laughs) you were actually doing pretty good there for a little while it, uh, it's the little details that yeah, I like. Yeah. I'm like, well, but no, everyone has to know this. Yeah. So, anyway, all right. Yeah, you got a little, you got a little caught in the weeds there with yeah, the, uh, yeah. the details. But it was a, a full blown failure. So, so way to lose. Woo! Uh, <laughs> yeah, I can switch up the graphic a little bit. Yeah. We, we've had a lot of successes here. Oh, well, uh, you know what? As long as you need someone to lose, I'm I'm happy yeah. I can be the person. So thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> Actually, I think that you just solved the problem. I need to stop showing people the timer because now they're always like, oh, I have five seconds. I need to wrap yeah, it up I've in five seen, seconds. I've seen a lot of people just always glancing at that thing yeah. when they're talking. Well, I think so. it's funny that I'm like, no, I'll do worse. Because yeah. <laughs> then I'll be like, uh, Statue of Liberty, the end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cody will famously always have the worst breakdown on our show. <laughs> yeah. Where he started talking, went, ah, uh, and then sat there for about 20 of his 30 seconds, went, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, at least I got like halfway through the movie, right? That's good. That's true. Uh, okay. So uh, where do we want to start on this thing? Um, well, all the Ghostbusters have disbanded, and they're all doing their own thing. Yes. Some of them now work at birthday parties, and the other one's got a TV show, and then... The other one with, is a teacher. Yeah. The other one's a teacher. Oh, yeah. Egon. Egon. Uh, do you guys like the five years later thing? Because I hear that bumped a lot of people when it came out. Like, because it ends on them like on such a high note, and then the we come back to it, and it's like, oh, we have to start all over again. I forgot that existed in the movie. Yeah, and when I saw it, I was like, interesting. So they're just jumping right into it with a smash cut like that. I thought it was actually kind of neat. I didn't mind it actually. Yeah. I thought I, I I thought it was like well, cool because actually you know society five years later after nothing's happening. Yeah, who gives a shit? Yeah, especially no, in New true. York. No, I, I, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, it totally. I mean, it works. It just I I will always kind of have the. I think Men in Black does it the worst, where it's like every time they're the new guy, and it's like uh, okay, but like we've seen him succeed and not be the new guy before. I really hate it when sequels do this. Smokey yeah. and the Bandit Part Two uh, is another example. <laughs> oh, probably the most well-known example, but. I think it's always frustrating to see them just go through the same kind of arc again instead of building off of what they were left with last time. Yeah. So it's 
frustrating and I think it prevents the story from really going in any new directions as opposed to just doing the same kind of things they did last time except in a much suckier way. <laughs> <laughs> they also accelerated it. So it's like it's like it didn't take as long for people to understand what was happening because it already happened once before. So like they didn't have to go through the whole like exploratory of like what is happening because like yeah what like, are oh, ghosts? There's ghosts yeah, yeah. oh we know there's ghosts how do these traps work like yeah they exactly. kinda, they like, skip over that but it still kind of feels a little like stuck in trying to stand on its own two feet instead of just being a sequel yeah that's fair um which is fine for some movies but this one i i kind of agree with elliot where it's like it, it's like they hit all the same points but they're not as funny as they were last time and once they finally get past all those same points i start enjoying it again mm-hmm. and then it, it takes a really shitty left turn at the end but that's just a Chewy likes the ending. I, as I was watching it with her, I just started pulling out my phone, which is never a good sign of like, ugh. You don't you don't enjoy Kumbaya circles? No, I actually I don't. Oh, okay. <laughs> In the realm of jumping the shark, it's a no holds bar jump. Yeah, and, the, the Statue of Liberty walks down the oh, fucking yeah. street, and she doesn't step on anybody. She's very. Uh, she crushes a police car. She does. Well, you know, I no, don't no, know. maybe no, that no. one smelled. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't she park hates in the, the right spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other. Podcast. But I saw this movie before I saw the first one as a child. Really? Yeah, I did. Huh? Interesting. Uh, so when I saw the first one, I was actually confused by a lot of things when I finally saw it. I'd be like, oh, wait, they had to go through all this crap? People didn't just understand what they were right away? I mean, I, they, they were rapscallions in the second one because people didn't take them seriously anymore, but that just makes sense because when you repeat history, everyone's like, oh, it wasn't that bad the first time. Yeah, it was. You just don't want to remember. <laughs> yeah, which and that totally makes, especially in a city like New York where everything yeah. moves a fucking mile a minute. Yeah, I could, five years later, I could see people just like, Ghostbusters, that wasn't a thing. And, you know, there's just something about four dudes taking their happy juice and squirting it all over the city. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> that that yeah. deserved a good moment of silence. <laughs> I mean, that's what they're doing. Uh, you're they not even, wrong. They allude to Egon sleeping with the ooze. And oh, he totally jerked yeah. it into that ooze. <laughs> and, that, and that, to me, as an adult... Wait, is the, did I oh, miss this part of the movie? This has always bothered me since I was a kid. So when they're talking, when they're <laughs> yeah. talking about yelling at the ooze and like, well, then we've tried doing positive things to it. You know, like positive, like say, reinforcement, re- reinforcement, right? playing, nice sit, playing nice music, and then Bill Murray goes, "You're not sleeping with it, are you?" Or like something like that, and he, and Egon just looks down. And he's, like, <laughs> he's like, "Oh, Egon, you dog!" Oh, Egon, <laughs> I miss, I miss that. <laughs> and even I don't remember how much I thought about it as a kid, but as an adult, I'm like, okay, so you guys were f- making this positive ooze. They were making it. This movie takes place over. Two like weeks? A, if, if that, yeah. And so they made a lot of ooze. They in really did. that amount of time. I'm like, what were they doing to that well, ooze then, to make enough to squirt over the entirety well, I mean, of after, the Statue of Liberty? I don't, I don't, I don't think they, they had a lot pent it. up. They had a lot pent up. No, no, they, 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 were, they, were, uh, they were playing it music so it would change its tune, basically. Because they, remember, like, they had, like, all the ooze in there and, like, they were playing all that music, I think, Rick Astin or whoever from the time, like, so they were listening to the music. So that basically, that made the toaster dance. Remember that part? Yeah, I remember that part. But yeah, yeah. it felt so, like they were making positive ooze versus negative ooze. No, yeah, That's so how I always they were, they, took they, it. They're converting the negative ooze into positive ooze by having that, those bats of music and making it listen to happy music. And it basically made it a happy 
Either way, Happy use. they had if they weren't just literally creating it, they still had to collect that stuff. And well, there's rivers, it. but there's rivers and rivers and rivers <laughs> underneath the city. Not underneath the Statue of Liberty. Well, no, they they put that in their pack. Yeah, but those packs didn't really look that big, and they no. spray that and shit they, And then they still use it at the end when they st- spray it all over the museum. So. All right, all right. <laughs> I it's still, a never-ending happy I still ooze. Think, I still think they had enough resources to get the ooze, but I just don't understand how they made it happy so fast. Must love. Well, well, hey, Egon hey, oh, yeah, <laughs> Tell you what, just spend a few minutes Egon in, in the corner the and get really happy for a minute. Egon can be the best world, guys. <laughs> I mean, that's really the moral of the story. Exactly. Egon can fuck goo. <laughs> and, make, and make it happy juice. And there you go. And you guys out there can do it, too. <laughs> and honestly, as a child, I found Egon to be the most attractive one. <laughs> Wow, I always win. I always win for the nerds. <laughs> Ouch! Honey, I love you. There's nothing wrong with that. He's got really good hair. He does yeah. actually. Yeah. He that, does have really good hair, and uh, he has and he has a very strong chin. Sure, yeah. And he's very smart and confident. He's true. All, he's a little. Too and he sleeps with ooze. Yeah, he sleeps he's with very, ooze. He's very confident so, with his love juice. So, so he's he's obviously not incredibly picky. Yeah. <laughs> if it's moist, he'll stick exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> And that right there, you know, that right there shows up a standy, a stand-up quality. That does speed up the process of making happy juice. <laughs> I was always afraid of doing this episode of how much we talk about Egon fucking the goo. And now you found yeah. At first I thought it was just like a joke, but then when you see all that white stuff mixed in with the goo, yeah. like it's hard to avoid. It yeah. does get quite a bit more of a pasty pink than the, the like bright pink it is underground. Which yeah. really says... Egon can produce. <laughs> well, and it's just weird when they were, when they were cl- collecting the first samples and it starts to reach up. I mean, that happens all the time. It's like it reaches out at you and you're like, oh, God. Gross. Happy juice. Now it's got a mind of its own. Comes after you. <laughs> Hashtag me too. Oh. Oh, wow. That joke feels too soon. <laughs> but a woman said it, so we're okay. <laughs> Oh, thank God. It's okay. It's okay. This could have got dark really, really fast. It's okay. I have a woman friend and she said it. Exactly. No, no, no. Guess what my woman friend said. (laughs) I will be your one woman friend. Yay! (laughs) Uh, Jumping back into the movie. Oh, yeah. Um, Here's the the one thing that always bumped me the most about this movie. And keep in mind, I do enjoy it. But uh, when I watched Ghostbusters 1 as a kid, because I saw that one first, uh, it scared the shit out of me. But it still made me laugh. Like it's still like I still enjoyed the hell out of it because everybody's so funny. But when I got to this kind of the scary parts, it still made me scared. And I was a kid. I mean, the movie came out what 83, 84? 84. 84. 84. So yeah. yeah, it was came out two years before I was even born. So by the time I saw it, I was still pretty young. But like the library scene, oh, uh, yeah. Zool at the end, like all of it, like it was. Oh, cr- the library scene was yeah, it's freaking terrifying. It's the scary. Dogs. The dogs. Oh, yeah, like, there was, oh yeah, those dogs. Yeah, it was actually scary shit. But it was like a horror comedy, and like it struck that note perfectly. So like is no I could sit through it as a kid even though I was afraid of it because I knew the funny parts were still coming. This one I don't feel like it ever went horror, and it's actually my problem with like the new one too. Like it was like they they forgot that these that ghosts scare people. They they can scare people. So they just went full tilt comedy, and they, uh, it, it always kind of it well, didn't they, work well, as well for me. But they did of, also because it's like so uh, when the judge finally screams and releases the the ghost right like the from Scalari the, like, brothers the, the Scalari brothers right. Yeah. Um, they were Muppets, so the Scalari yeah. brothers, like, like, were like really, really deformed guys. Like, why, why couldn't they just use actual like actors being those ghosts? Because they made them so cartoony 
that I was like, well, they, those aren't ghosts. Like, like I guess you know, Slimer, you know, being a different, you know, they had a very, yeah, they had thing. very similar like distortions, like Slimer had. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and it just it, it, that that I see where you can. Yeah, like it's more cartoony this way, yeah, and it, it's not as it's not as scary. It feels kind of like a studio note. Like, uh, we want this one again. We want it to be funny, but uh, can you make it less scary? Because I think we lost too many kids on it. I I find the. Vigo to actually be quite scary in a way. I mean, from a young kid's perspective, when I first watched this yeah. movie, I was very afraid of him. Oh yeah, the I've big always, bad in the painting. Yeah, I've always been an art person. Sure, I loved going to art museums, and I always had was one of those people that would just stare at the staring, the painting that's staring at you, and then like with things like Dorian Gray and whatnot. There's a lot of like history behind people thinking there's metaphysical. And fantastical aspects that you can put into photography and paintings of representations of people and how you might actually capture their soul in a sense. So especially Mona Lisa is a great example of that because people always feel like no matter where you're standing, the Mona Lisa is watching you. I can feel it and, right now. And honestly, when you really look at the Mona Lisa, if you look at the Mona Lisa for too long, she stops being beautiful and she starts being creepy. I've always thought she was crazy. Uh, can I can I give a counterpoint to Mona Lisa or to her? Point? I was gonna say. <laughs> just, my, my point <laughs> is, is Mona that Lisa I think is perfect. The <laughs> counterpoint would be that a painting is a shitty villain. No, it's not. <laughs> it's the same. Concept. Like if I can tear it in half, like it's, it's not that threatening. But it's the same sort of thing with a box or with a knife or whatnot or any sort with of like. With a box? What I movie is a box a villain? <laughs> in you... Hellraiser. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay, But still, the box leads to an actual villain. Yeah, you if... open the box and shit comes out of it. But why don't you just destroy the box? What's I in the know. box? But even so, like, there's so many horror movies that are wrapped up around an object that someone mistreats or does the wrong thing with, and then it becomes terrifying. In Ghostbusters 2, you get a shitty 3D effect that the head is, like, slightly emerging. When you're first introduced to him. Yeah, in the beginning. I mean, that's kind of it. He later but, leaves the painting, and but, then he's kind of creepy. But he also, he also ah. you know, like, you know, can make people... I don't know, psychically. It so it's got like, so it's got it's shitty just, little such, laser, like Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> it, the getting possessed by things is such a trope in horror, like in, in The Exorcist. You don't really ever see the devil. It kind of talks to you through a Ouija board at one point, and then it just possesses the girl. The same thing that, uh, I forgot his name. His name's not actually Vigo, right? The, the name painting? of the name of the painting? No, of the guy that gets possessed. Oh, Peter oh yeah, Nickel. Yeah. Eve. No, <laughs> hold on. That'll work. Peter McNichol. I like that. Yeah. Peter McNichol. None so, of us remember Petey, right now. Petey boy. Uh, but it's still the same sort of concept uh, oh, of Janos. the object Janos. possessing Jan- the person. Janos. Janos. Yeah. You Janos. can't tear it down for doing the tropes of horror and be and just because it's in a comedy. Well, you keep bringing up these other movies and other franchises that are built in a different way. And yeah, like if we were watching uh, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Yeah, this painting would fit right into that aesthetic. But I feel like with Ghostbusters and that it's a comedy horror, there, I feel like the scares should be kind of fun, you know? And with this, instead of those crazy gargoyle dogs, we have Peter McNichol hamming it up to the rafters. And but he was really that was funny. That was really enjoyable. <laughs> was, it, was it? Yes. Does everybody at this table feel like Peter McNichol was really enjoyable in this movie? I mean, how about an inaudible show of hands? Part of us. (laughs) 
the majority rules. Like if this was the, the, the FCC, the three of us. Yeah. if this was the FCC, <laughs> oh, <good. laughs> like then we just voted that Peter Manickel is funny. Oh yeah. no, I think he's Three funny. people yeah. go against the will of eighty percent of Americans. And after after rewatching this movie, he is the original Tommy Wiseau. Because again, Tom, different movies. Whatever. <laughs> Tommy Wiseau is always like, I'm from Louisiana. I'm from New Orleans, and it's great when uh, Bill Murray asks him, "So where are you from?" And he goes, "Up the west side." Up the west side. <laughs> you're you're comparing shitty apples to shitty oranges. <laughs> but th- but things that are loved, whether or not you think the storytelling is good, it is a movie that is loved and appreciated. I feel like with different movies, different movies have different requirements. And I feel like with Ghostbusters, when after the stage has already been set by one of the best horror comedies that has ever existed. Arguably the best. You go to the sequel, and I don't want to do a meditation about the invasiveness of possession and how that's kind of like the rape of the spiritual body. Like, I just want to have a fun horror movie that has a lot of laughs in it. And... Janos is just really trying way too hard. I, I don't think that it's a. Here's my thing: is like I, I agree with everything you're saying. Like as a sequel to Ghostbusters, I think this thing missed almost every mark it could have been going for. But I, I just try to look at it as a movie on its own, and as a movie on its own, it's still funny. Like Peter McNichol's still really funny in it. Bill Murray is still fucking hysterical in this movie. Dan Aykroyd and um, I'm forgetting. Uh, Ernie Hudson. Nope. Uh, Ernie Hudson is there, just like the first one. Uh, <laughs> Rick Moranis. Uh, Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis was uh, he was underused too, but it's like it's the Egon. Um, Harold Ramis. Ramis. Thank you. We're all doing uh, terrible names. Yeah, today. terrible today. I've uh, but named I named still... everyone. Yeah, <laughs> except for the one Wait. I needed. <laughs> I'm not in your brain. <laughs> I know. Uh, why not? Chewie won't let me. Well, that's fair. Um, yes, of course not. But like, I still feel like all the, the chemistry is still there. I still feel like everybody's still having a good time. I still think it's a good movie. I just don't think it's a great sequel to Ghostbusters. I still think it's a very fun... So you're saying if this was a standalone movie, you would have liked it? If, 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 it, if it was not a sequel, if it was like the first time that you met the Ghostbusters... I think I would have enjoyed you, it, yeah. You would be happy with the movie. I still would like, hate the ending, like but the I still think it would be a good movie. Like the experience that I had. Yeah, like if this, okay. I, I can see why Chewie likes it. Like I think the people who love this movie, I don't really argue with because I get it, but I still think there's just, if this was the only Ghostbusters movie, I think people would like it and they go back to it, but kind of in a way of like, oh, remember that movie from the 80s? That was a fun time. It would not have like the, we need to remake this. It's one of the greatest comedies ever. It would have been <laughs> fine. Yeah. I think it's, I haven't seen this movie since I was in elementary school. The first Ghostbusters I've seen over and over and over. But yeah. This one, I definitely saw it when I was a kid, but it didn't get the replay value from me. So being that this is the first time that I've seen it since I was pissing my bed, I feel so- like it, it took a while. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it was better than I expected. It's definitely like mildly amusing here and there. There's definitely chuckles. But I think that it definitely pales in the shadow of its predecessor. Yeah, the- and I don't think it has the the iconography of like, wow, this is the great thing that makes Ghostbusters 2 earn its place in the in the film canon. Well, I think that just comes down to whether or not you enjoy Peter McNichol. Like if you think he's like stealing like he's like um like just way too cheesy and hamming way too it cor- hamming it up, how you said if he's way too far that way, then yeah, this movie completely falls apart. But if you're into it, you're into his fake accent and him just kind of having a goofy, fun time, then that's the defining thing in the movie. 
if Peter McNichol is the benchmark for the movie, <laughs> I mean... That's a weird be, benchmark, I agree. But. To be clear, he was really good as Dr. Octopus on The Spectacular Spider-Man. I have no <laughs> ill will toward Peter McNichol. But... Uh, it's... It's a movie that is very much a contractually obligated film, whereas the first movie is kind of lightning in a bottle. Like, you couldn't... The only way that movie came together was because the right people made it at the right time with the right studio support. And this is very much like Ghostbusters was a hit, make another one. Yeah. Uh, this was the summer sequels with Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and Lethal Weapon 2 and License to Kill. Like, there were yep. a lot of big movies competing that summer. And uh, not to mention Batman, which oh, yeah. started a craze that is still going strong today. Um, whether or not Ben Affleck continues. The just can't help yourself. <laughs> Every time. I just look at your face and I just want to dash your joy. <laughs> I I have something that I want to uh, get the table's opinion on. Oh, go for it. Sigourney Weaver in this movie, her character is just so different than she was in the first one. Like she mentions offhandedly, like oh, like now that the baby is a little older, I'm thinking about getting into the orchestra, getting back into the orchestra, like she was in the first movie. Which feels totally like a uh, they finished writing the script and like fuck, she's restoring paintings. What was she doing in the first one? Exactly. <laughs> it's like oh. I saw it more like they didn't expect Sigourney Weaver to come back, so they created oh. this new character who's you know working at a museum and she's a single mother, and then it's like oh, we got Sigourney Weaver. Shit, let's just like jam Dana Barrett into this yeah. <laughs> role and just like i guess because it really feels like sigourney weaver is great in the first movie i think she's good in this one i think it's just she is well, i didn't and get I th- a lot out I, of her i think but. some of that disconnect also feels like it, it's kind of tied to that five years later thing that the movie doesn't really care about the context either no so like every like just wipe your mind of continuity for a lot of things and just go with it as this own thing that's not really like you said a sequel to Ghostbusters it's also a men's movie no matter what anyone says men get so worked up about Ghostbusters kind of like you are right now Elliot (laughs) Uh, it's one of those weird polarizing thing for men's childhoods where they're like don't you fuck this up this is part of who I am and from those type of movies when a woman gives birth and becomes a mother. Yes. Her every time, her personality completely changes. Yeah, she, into this gentle, gentle motherly, caring, flowery lady. Absolutely, and yeah. that's and that's that's a, that's what I thought. That's about just her too. what it is. Yeah, she was very much. And but still, she had one of the best moments of the movie when they all come to uh, Bill Murray's uh, apartment, and they're like, "You need to come down to the sewer with us," and he's all like. These guys want me to come down to the sewer <laughs> with them. Do you want to cancel our date? And she just smirks and goes, taxi. <laughs> Perfect. Like, she still has her own agency, even though they did give her a big personality shift because she's a mom and well, she's that's, a lady. She's a mom and she has something else to care about yeah. now. And it's not, she's, she's definitely not as powerful as she was in the first No, time. No, not like, a, like just as a character. Because yeah. just in the way that things are depicted in film, exactly. single women are more powerful than mothers in general mothers, yeah. in the way that they're depicted, and she's a single in the mother. 80s. Yeah. yeah. But kind of jumping off what Elliot was saying, I, I wonder if this was a different character, would we give one fuck about her? 
I don't think so. If the character just exists in the movie as written without Sigourney Weaver playing it, I don't think we no, care about wouldn't. this woman at all. But no. also just the interactions with her would have been completely different. I what? loved the flirting between her and Bankman. Yeah. Yeah, no, just I'm saying whole, that's like, all we great. We had a past but, experience together was fun. But kind of like what Elliot was saying, like they were lucky they got Sigourney Weaver cuz yeah. she she was she I, not going to come back? Sorry, I'm not. I I'm don't not, know, but I'm not too familiar with. That I, I honestly don't know, but I, I agree. It kind of feels like they wrote a new character and like, oh shit, we got her. It, it sounds like mm-hmm. they kind of shoehorned her into this thing, but I mean, I could be wrong. But it, I, I'm very biased towards Sigourney Weaver. She's one of my favorite actresses, fucking ever. Um, so I don't think she really has it in her to give like a really bad performance. So like they gave her nothing, but she still made it worthwhile and made it a character that I enjoy watching on the screen. See, I, I view it as they, the writers were trying, were having a hard time figuring out how to fit her in to this story because yeah. she played it such a pivotal role in the first one, yeah. right? She was a huge, huge moment. And they're like, well, we have to put her in this somehow and we have to make her part of it. But they also took away her power because she wasn't, you know, I mean, why couldn't she even join the gang? Why couldn't she have been a ghostbuster? You know what I mean? Like, oh, like, she's a vagina. Exactly. Yeah. Well, what, she's what, also she the way they wrote her in the first movie, she would have no interest in that. Well, sure. <sighs> but I'm just saying, like, to make her be a part of this universe still, they had to find a way to make, you know, and I feel like that's where they were a discredit to her. Because you're right. She wouldn't she wouldn't be interested in this. This her first character, but she had to be involved. So they made her the damsel in distress with the baby who needed okay. saving. Etc. Et she et was a damsel yeah. distressed in the first film, too. Well, sure, but with the, you know, she, I don't know. I find her more powerful in the first one. I find her, I find her she's character a lot more interesting. In yeah, but I find she's her... also super sexy in the first one. Yeah, well, and she's one... a super sex in general. She's Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, in this um, one. Yeah, but no, but yeah. no. Did you see? I mean, even there are costume choices. Oh yeah, this one versus the first one. Another. Oh, thing she's that... way more conservative. Oh, this yeah. one. beyond the. the but beyond once the, again, the it goes back. It goes. Scene, it goes back to yeah. Chewie's point of yeah. she is a mother now. Yeah. She is. She is a caregiver. You tone it down and you button it up, honey. Exactly. Okay, she basically had a boob slip while walking in the towel, but other than that, I agree with that you. That was the one sexy moment they gave her. Yeah, she was still wet and moist, and just holding the holding that towel on instead of tying it around herself like any normal woman would do. Is it, yeah. is that, is that the only <laughs> scene where she's without her baby, like in terms of geography and scene work? There's think, quite a bit of scenes uh, without her baby. Yeah, I think there's a few. Okay, because yeah. that would make sense then that they'd have her in the towel for that when she's enough distance away to help you forget that she's a mother i mean she's in her bra you can only when the baby be sexy when you're but... not a mom yeah <laughs> yeah because there was that moment of like and mommy's gonna take off her shirt too yeah. and then the tub comes alive like, yeah ah. <laughs> happy juice happy juice happy juice want to eat so you gross. like it is a gross depiction. like that was the end of me taking uh bats <laughs> after that i took showers because i was afraid the bathtub was going to eat me so yeah. i guess maybe it did scare me a little bit that, that i remember as a kid that was a bit of a traumatizing scene Oh yeah, and then and uh, horror films in the eighties just loved making it a weird, sexually terrible moment for women with bathtubs. Yeah, like this end of the scene with Nancy and Nightmare on Elm. It's just like Ugh. every time. Yeah, I'm just like, was... why do we have to keep doing this, guys? Because it's creepy. Yeah, because it's scary. Because <laughs> so it, it, it's effective. Bathtubs are scary. Yeah, <laughs> men, men, men don't like baths. <laughs> <laughs> for the last time, Mom, don't make exactly. me take a bath. Come on, Mom, stop it. <laughs> Uh, the other thing I want to bring up, we, we touched on it very briefly. Uh, Rick Moranis, I still will always say, is one of the funniest people ever to have lived. Uh, he's still alive now. He's not dead. He just doesn't do no. as much. Um, and the thing that always makes Rick Moranis so funny, especially back in the 80s, was he was allowed to write his own characters. And that's what always made him so funny. It was like, so Ghostbusters 1, like he had some things, but he always was allowed full input. And that's like oh, him really? getting locked. I think it was like him getting locked out of the apartment all the time. That was his idea. Um, like there's a lot of things that are always his idea. And the main reason he stepped away from comedy was because the more 
big movies got, the less input he was allowed to have. And this movie to me feels, and I could be wrong, felt like he got very little input. Like, it really felt like, oh, people love Rick Moranis and love him the first movie. Let's shove him in here some way. And it just felt really forced and awkward the whole time. In his first scene, he's explaining why he shouldn't really be their lawyer right now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was funny. It, it, it was, was a funny was scene. Funny. Yeah. Especially leading uh, Bill Murray, telling him what to say. Was that? <laughs> what was that? What'd you say? I mean, my he, favorite moment with him was when he's trying to say the bedtime story to the baby. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> going to tax law. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, they funny, really shouldn't do that, but yeah, in exactly. the context of the story. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I really I love Rick Moranis, and like I, I miss him, like because he makes comedy albums that he admits are not for me. Um, he's like, if you weren't born and raised Jewish, most of these jokes are going right over your head. And then I listen to his album, I'm like, yeah, I don't get them. <laughs> but I still really love you, and I want to listen to them. Um, but like this movie for me is like kind of like the the end of my love affair with Rick Moranis because it's like oh this is kind of like we can start feeling him start to step away. He's actually really good in the Flintstones. He's not, he and, is really good in the Flintstones. He's really good in Honey I Shrunk the Kids. And yeah, yeah. No, I know. I'm well, just that saying. was and even and this. actually I'm, oh, even even Honey yeah. I Blew Up the Baby. Or it might have been the same year. I do not like that one. <laughs> oh come on. I actually he like, does great though. I'm I actually sorry. like yeah. Honey. We shrunk ourselves more than I like Honey. I, I shrunk ourselves is better. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh. I've never seen Honey. I shrunk ourselves. I've oh, really? also never seen Honey. We it, blew up the it baby. Has, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it has Mila Kunis in it. Does it really? Yeah, Are you serious? When she's real young. It's her and uh, Chloe from Smallville. Wow. They're both I, in it. Say, I've seen the movie a bunch of times. I didn't remember that. I didn't put all. that together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's before they were famous. Yeah. Rick Moranis still had great roles after this, but like for me, this was kind of like the mark of like, oh, like I'm not getting another strange brew out of him. Like I'm not going to get anything else. It's like, gonna, like make me gut bust laughing. Yeah. I think his, uh, his wife passed away and he yeah. retired yeah. to spend time with his kids. Yeah. Cause like he still does interviews. Like there's an entire interview with him on the Nerdist from like four or five years ago. Like when his album came out, yeah. he's still very funny. He's still a really nice guy. And it's like, I, I want to see more of him, but it's just, he has no interest in spending time on movie sets. So that's that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a thing with actors where if they stay in it too long, they just wind up starring in really shitty movies like De Niro yeah. or something. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world to no, just, no, not at like, all. when your opportunities start to decrease to just kind of step away. Yeah. I mean, uh, Gene Hackman, I'm way nostalgic for Gene Hackman now, and I wouldn't be that way if he was putting out, like, Meet the Fockers and stuff. Yeah, that's true. I mean... I don't know his last major film, but like he was great in like Tenenbaums. Like, yeah, Royal Tenenbaums and like uh, Behind Enemy Lines. Yeah, no, he's Ice, still, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but like uh, Rick Moranis. Oh, his last movie was Welcome to Mooseport with Ray Romano. <laughs> oh, yikes! <laughs> I, I remember. <laughs> that. Oh my god! <laughs> but like Rick Moranis in this movie, I thought he did a really good job with virtually nothing. Like, it, yeah. like even making him a Ghostbuster. As a kid, I'm like, yeah, Rick Moranis is a Ghostbuster. And then as, as I got older and rewatched, I'm like, oh, that was a bad choice. I, I love I loved the fact that the, just, just at the end where, like, it's him with that with the, with the laser thing. Yeah. And then everything goes away and everyone's like, good job. He's like, I'm a Ghostbuster. Like, I was like, oh, good for you. You know, you did nothing. You I did think, absolutely nothing. I like Janine as a Ghostbuster more. But we oh get that God. to the cartoon show. Cartoons. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. You know. Um, but I wanted Amy Potts as one. Because I love her. Just Amy Potts, Annie Potts not Janine. <laughs> I like how they were able to, you know, once they finally busted that that those Scaleri brothers, how they were able to get their building back. 
Yeah, and but, get the car back and get everything back that they somehow let lapse and disappear. Well, mm-hmm. they well they something got really really busy, and so they had money in order to fix everything. Because yeah, yeah. remember, like well, you, the first shot of the ectoplasm is like it's all broken down and like like there's smog coming out of the back, and like you know it's just like horrible, horrible, horrible. All of a sudden, the next shot after the Square Brothers is like a brand new like souped up like yep. you know uh, ecto one with like one ton of like lights on top of that vehicle. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised the tires never blew out on any turn. Watching it again. Yeah. You know, uh, you mentioned the the 2016 movie a few minutes ago. I did. Oh, I get you mixed up. He yeah, was looking at uh, me for the audience. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that's right. So uh, one thing that I think the Ghostbusters, are we calling it Answer the Call? Or it's just Ghostbusters 2016? The Ghostbusters 2016, because okay. Answer the Call is a stupid subtitle. <laughs> well, who are you going to call? they got to answer the call. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, one thing that I do think the 2016 movie is better than this one, and one thing that that movie has, I'll agree. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. yeah. One good innovation of that new movie is that they take the time to give the Ghostbusters a lot of different weapons, so they have like a lot of different variety for their ghostbusting scenes. Because with this one, when you get to the end, and it's just like, okay, let's shoot the 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 man proton juice. packs, the yeah. man juice. Let's the licorice sticks. <laughs> yeah, let's just fire the guns at them. It's kind of a letdown. I think that the new movie, one of the benefits of it is just that they like have the ghost busting bombs and like a lot of different things. And handguns were pretty cool. Yeah, I think well, that was still go down as one of my favorite moments in all of cinema. Which one? Uh, when Holtzman pulls her guns out, gives him a good lick, and then just starts kicking ass. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah she's like, a great for character. a woman. See, like, same reason why I like Gamora and uh, Nebula. Nebula's Nebula. fight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The non-sexualization of a woman in a fight is so rare that when you get it, it just makes your heart flutter. <laughs> it's... Is there anything else on Ghostbusters 2 we want to talk about? Yes, the ending. Yeah, we really should talk about you can't, you can't leave that out. <sighs> I mean, I just I feel like we were going a little more negative this movie than I planned on, so I was gonna like just skip the ending because that's where I just go like fuck this movie. Okay, well, let, hold on, hold on. From Let's, the, yeah. the lens of modern day, of the current atmosphere of, of the, not just New York but America of America, <laughs> we are all very angry. It's true. Whether oh, yeah. or the, not the pink goo would win in America. Right oh, now. are you <laughs> kidding me? It, not, it wouldn't just be flowing underneath New York. It'd be, yeah, it'd be across the sewer systems and all of America. Yeah. <laughs> Whether or not you are. Pro the system right now or anti the system right now, you're mad. Totally. And we all keep talking about coming together to make it better, but no one really wants to. Everyone just wants to win. So it's true. Just, and so it's like the message in this movie is like we all just need to come together and defeat the one big bad evil. And in this movie, it is also blonde. Okay, so here's the. That's a good point. But okay, so here's why I don't like it. Because I don't really have a problem with a a super hunky-dory, like, let's all be pals sort of thing. That really doesn't bother me. Because I feel like other movies have done that too, and it didn't bother me. This one bumps me because it feels 
to me like they didn't know how to say it without just being super on the nose. It is super on the and nose. It's, it's just super like, sappy and it over just, the top. It just hits you over the head with this like friendship bat so but this hard. Movie, this movie is not subtle across the board. There's no. nothing There's nothing in this movie that would be like like a subtle hint of anything. It is It is no, very much true. hits you across the face. So why would the ending be any different than what they presented you throughout the entire the movie? The most subtle thing in this movie is Egon sleeping with the goo. Exactly. <laughs> which, which, I, which, which I... Which we've done a solid five minutes on. <laughs> I know. Which I, I want to go to your deviant art page <laughs> get ready to look through 100 pages my friend do you think the blob is actually just like a movie after this when he breaks up with the goo exactly <laughs> i'm so angry he dumped me <laughs> i'm beautiful <laughs> <laughs> love me <laughs> <laughs> but i don't disagree with you like there is a s- no subtlety throughout the entire movie so it, it fits the tone of the ending of the movie i just i feel like I, I don't have a good reason that I don't like it beyond just like it just it didn't work for me. Like I'm just watching the Statue of Liberty march down the street and it's like and everyone is, cheering it and everybody cheering it on. I'm like this is just so corny that like I, I feel like it, it just like it was like tolerably corny throughout a point and then like that last third it's like you know what I just I can't take it anymore. Like it's just too corny for me. It's not earned like it is in the first film. It's like how did no one stop these guys at any stage in this process? When they the police stopped them with the digging in the street, like yeah, there's some weird logic problems with it too. They're just like, okay, well, oh, just yeah, the digging in the street is yeah. like it's in the fucking sewer. Just open up a manhole. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it wasn't in the sewer. <laughs> yeah. That was just it. Is that it, it was, was it was it was in an abandoned yeah. uh, station that had been closed off or whatnot. That's why they had to dig in the street. Okay, retracted. I'm just <laughs> <saying>. <laughs> Sorry, I just watched this today. So <laughs> it's, like, it's right there in my head. They uh, accidentally dig a little too. What time did you wake up today? Seven. Whoa. <laughs> Some people are morning people. I am yes. not. I, I'm uh, definitely not a morning person, no. but I knew that I had to watch this or else I'd come here and be like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have two things. Uh, one, poor Ernie Hudson with this yeah. movie. Because he's in there right at the beginning where they're doing the Saturday birthday party thing, dancing yep. to... The, I think it's funny to see them dancing to their own theme song. Yeah. I did enjoy but that. But then it's that like was, he just enjoyable. vanishes Completely. until he just kind of like steps in from off screen. Yeah. It is so apparent. I'm still here. Just yeah. how you are. Exactly. This movie series has no idea what to do. Had no idea what to do with them. Not at in all. In both movies, in, in this this second movie, it is so glaring. Yeah. Well, like, like I more... kind of forgot he was there because like yeah. like he wasn't there for like you know the middle part of the movie, and all of a sudden he comes back, and I'm like, where have you been? The yeah. best line. What have you been doing? Where they're like, and they be slow is just the three of them. Like all the best lines and moments are just the three of them. It really felt like an odd holdover from the first movie. Because the first movie felt like, well, we wrote this great role for Eddie Murphy and he didn't want to do it. So we still want to have somebody there. And we got a good actor, Ernie Hudson. And then nobody really liked him. But I guess we'll keep him in the next one. And it just felt like an odd, like... Even in Stranger Things, none of the kids want to be Winston. Yeah, nobody wants to be him. And it's like, the thing it's not Ernie Hudson's fault. Like, he's a very good actor. He's phenomenal throughout the entire show of Oz. Like, if you've never seen Oz... Congo. Sure, sh- that's a movie oh, no, he's this in. Is, well, this, this has nothing to do with no, the actor. At no, all. he's no, no, great. This is, this is the, the this is the director and the writers and and whoever yeah. like they did they gave this guy nothing. Yeah, and but they're like, but he was in the first one, so we kind of have to include him in. So he literally, and I think uh, I'm sorry, I'm bad with names today. John, anyway, John. I, I, when you said that he like literally walks in from like off screen, I said that. Yeah, okay, sorry, <laughs> Elliot. Damn, it. sorry, Elliot. Brian I'm, Chewy. Guys, I woke up at seven to watch this movie. <laughs> And I'm not a morning person. That's all I'm saying. No, but like he literally just like pops out of nowhere, says something, and then disappears. And I'm just like, yeah, I agree. He was completely underused, and they didn't know what to do with him. 
Yeah, and it's, it's so, sad that he got the the goofy part in the beginning that makes fun of them. Right. Sigourney Weaver's character is still better than him. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean Sigourney Weaver still got more than Ernie Hudson. Yeah. Poor Ernie Hudson. No, <laughs> I, 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 really, I really felt bad Pour for him. Pour one out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right over the recording. right over the recording, <laughs> and that's uh, the end. We've of the already podcast. done that once. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I thought was funny was there were a couple actors who I had no idea who they were in the 90s or yeah. when I saw this as a kid because Kevin Dunn is one of the From psychic Veep. guys. Yeah, he's oh, uh, right. Shia yeah. LaBeouf's father in the Transformers movies. You got Kurt Fuller oh, from right. Wayne's World yep. oh, as yeah. the mayor's assistant and then Harris Eulin who was the head of the Watchers Council on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He's the judge in the courtroom scene. Do you ever wonder like what could I have learned if I didn't have all this movie knowledge <laughs> in my head? <laughs> I'm, I I am actually I am floored by all this knowledge that you just had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like at your wow, that's amazing. Does, wait, doesn't everybody know who Harris Ewan is? <laughs> like I, I literally was like, oh, well, he's gonna give me he's gonna give me a thing. <laughs> it's like this and multiplicity. You just sit up in your chair and like, oh shit, it's Harris. Oh my God. So I, I have this new I have this new idea for a drinking game based off of uh, you as a guest. Yeah. And it's anytime there's a reference that's just so amazing and brought in so flawlessly, you have to drink. I think we'd all be dead. Yeah, you get some real height stakes. I would just go any deep cut. But if you want to go, oh, blur- oh, and Philip Baker Hall, he's in the <laughs> oh him, the classic the- Philip Baker Hall. Oh no, he's Wait, the library he? detective on Seinfeld. The library. Are you detective serious? <laughs> Holy kids, fuck! Kids want to read a book without having their minds warped. Hold on, hold on. Who the was library he? detective. Who was he? Who was he in this movie? I'm looking he, for he's him just, right now. Like he's a passerby in the big. <laughs> Courtroom. They're I'm like sorry. Are you just pulling out random? No, I was like, oh snap! It's Philip Baker Hall. Right. He's in, oh, no, no, no. He's the colonel on Boogie Nights. Police commissioner. He is so seriously. Watch the episode of Seinfeld with the library detective, and it's gonna blow your hair back. He is just so amazing. Elvis is gonna be on either the next episode or the last episode. It was on last week's episode. Elvis was on last you know, week's you episode. Have- and if he was here, he would be able to tell you how great Philip Baker Hall is as the library detective. Of all the people he's mentioning, Elliot has not mentioned Cheech. Oh, yeah. yeah. Cheech Marin's in it, too. <laughs> he with is... Too busy with Philip Baker Hall. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. He's in it as well. He's in the scene with uh, Titanic coming yeah. back. And also, also when they stole the uh, Statue of Liberty, he's there, too. Yeah. Because oh. he's just looking at the window going... They really yeah, just kind of like we we got a I, solid like ten minutes though. of him in a, in a window exactly, <laughs> yeah. no, and, that, and that's just it. He was he was there. He was like on set one day. They're like, hey, do you want to be this guy? Like, okay, yeah, okay. okay like, so him, he was actually famous though. By the yeah, time yeah. Was that was everybody absolutely. else yeah. was uh, to be famous. Like Philip Baker Hall, arguably his best role is still in his future. <laughs> As the library detective, <laughs> he's so good as the library detective. I know exactly. He's done way more than that. Yeah, he was in Magnolia. Forever. He was good in that. Yeah, yeah. Magnolia. He's in Fifty Fifty. Fifty Fifty. And Boogie Nights. Uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. Yeah, I said he was the Colonel in Boogie Nights. Uh, Keep up. Oh wait, Julie. with what, Seth Rogen. Oh, Fifty Fifty. I was thinking 50, 50. Forty Days and Forty Nights. Yeah, yeah. I, no. <laughs> See, come on. How is Forty Days and Forty Nights? Their numbers. That I roll and pull the bear. He also plays <laughs> Hank Hippopopoulos in. Bojack Horseman. There you oh, go. Oh, of course. He's I actually know so exactly good. who that is. You do? Yeah. It's a good show. You should all watch Philip Bojack Baker Horseman. Hall. Actually, you should do fun. a Philip yeah, really Baker like Hall retrospective. Yes, we should. Actually, yeah. I've been starting thinking, with Ghostbusters. I've, <laughs> I've been hoping to make a board game, and I hope the internet doesn't. A Philip Baker Hall board game? No, uh, I Deck hope the, the internet, Philip Baker Hall. I just want to make a board game called Know Your Bob. Know Your Bob. Yeah, where all the famous Bobs, and you have to guess it. <laughs> 
What is Brian I'm, laughing at? Deck the Philip Baker halls. <laughs> <laughs> I want that game right now. <laughs> Kickstarter right now. Yeah. I will put my life savings on that. Uh, it's like pin the tail of the donkey, but you're just punching posters of Philip Baker Hall. <laughs> so, hey, so I fell asleep during this movie. So, <laughs> Oh, gosh. Why don't you fill me in a little bit? So they got... So the museum was encased in the... The goop. Yes. The, the, the angry goop. The yes. angry goop. And they decided, the okay, the way to get into it was to hijack the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> yes. They infuse it with the happy goop. Yes. Yep. And then they walk over to the museum, <laughs> uh-huh. and she just, like, bangs it with her fiery with her torch. Yeah, with torch the is the word. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then they're done with the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. Well, and it stays there forever. Yeah, so yeah. now it's just No, in it's the back middle. at the end of the movie. They move it back. Oh, they do? Yeah. They get back in, and, like... Yeah. yeah. Walk the other up. way. Yeah. It can only like walk backwards. It can't turn around because there's not enough. Although space. it was on the ground when they got out. Like when they got out. No, it was it was, it was laying on the ground. Yeah. It like Escape down. from New York. Yeah. But but, that, but but my favorite thing is that so so they like they go inside and all this is happening and all the all the people are outside and the Statue of Liberty was leaning over like this yep. to let them in th- through her crown right. Yep. So uh, they you know, rappel into the into the museum through her crown. And then the next shot is the Statue of Liberty literally like falling over, but no one heard it fall. <laughs> so like there was not she a big crash. She laid down gently. <laughs> oh, she just, yeah, she just she fell just down. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> feather fall. What's that? Like she feather was, fall. Feather fall. fall. Yeah, yeah. yeah that giant metal thing is just falling like a feather. <laughs> yeah, I right. like that's where you draw the line. <laughs> Joe hey. is totally into this movie, but there was no sound when the Statue of Liberty you know, fell no, over. No, 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 but it's... Come on, come on. You, know, you, you gotta. If I got to just do a full fanfic after this movie, I want to merge it with Super Mario Brothers. So then the Mar- Luigi comes in. Oh boy. We gotta t- trust the fungus. Oh, God. <laughs> and Egon would be totally for that. And then suddenly the Statue of Liberty has to fight Godzilla. Like, I would like to do all this mashup. I think it's time for quotes. <laughs> I think we, we finally Come crossed on, that line. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. I, have, I had one thing. Oh, one more thing? So the special effects in this one versus like the first one. So, sure. So the ghosts were a lot more cartoony. We mentioned that yeah. earlier. But also, like they, they they had a lot of opportunity to show us things, and they just show us the aftermath of them all catching ghosts. Did That's the same anymore? way it is in the first movie. The only ghost they bust in the first movie is Slimer. The rest of it is showing them running through the streets carrying the traps. In oh, this, at is- least you get the jogger. No, yeah, that's yeah. right. Oh, you yeah, get the yeah, jogger, yeah. and so that's they, about it. Yeah, I was gonna say, but yeah. So, like, did that bother anyone that they didn't try to go more about that route? Because that kind of bothered me in this film. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, it's never really more. I think because I saw it so young, I don't remember my first time seeing it. So gotcha. it's just kind of like one of those ones where it's like just always in my head of like this is the movie. So I feel like if I saw it now, just like clean, like never have seen it, that would bother me more. Like I want to see them busting more ghosts. Yeah, it's that's, that's, that's what I wanted. We're yeah. used yeah. to bigger budgets with more special effects, and we're actually just. In films in general these days, we're used to oversaturation of yeah. effects. I did notice that the blowjob ghost didn't come back. Yeah. Sorely missed. <laughs> um, honestly, as an adult, all of the little misogyny jokes from the first movie, I don't miss in the second one. Uh, there's a huge one, and it's one of the best lines in the movie that I can use for my quote. Ooh, do you remember when Bill Murray calls the female lawyer kitten in the courtroom? Oh, no. Because that's one. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's the, not the best still, line in the movie. Yeah. The, yeah, it was still the written Ghostbusters in the 80s. Are yep. still, <laughs> still, still definitely in the 80s. <laughs> um, yeah. Did right. you notice that since we're talking about all this ooze, I started thinking about Ivan Ooze from the Power Rangers movie? Did he of course have, he did. Did he have ooze that was as good as this ooze? He did not. His this ooze yeah. was better. Purple, right? What's yeah. the deal? I don't know. 
It's your franchise, man. Support I do it. love Power. I can't support that movie. That movie's a fucking mess. Really? Yeah, I love uh, it, but it's oh, I'd uh, rather oh, watch. Yeah. Something's gone See, wrong, <laughs> and it's first star bubble. <laughs> you need to work on your lyrics. So They're still wrong. Bad. We have it on VHS and DVD. Yeah. So I good. didn't even know they made that on DVD. I of thought it was just that huge VHS case, the we Disney style. It. Some we, movies we shouldn't that. go to DVD. <laughs> I actually bought the VHS of that for Brian to use as a white elephant present at his work, and then he decided not to. Everyone would know it was me. <laughs> so um, you are to the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie VHS, as Egon is to the Ooze. That sounds horrible. Because no, Egon <laughs> loves the I haven't fucked the, the tape. <laughs> no. Like, That's you don't, not you, how you rewind no, no, no. it, honey. Stop. Exactly. Well, you can't rewind it that no. way. No, no. As, as much as you try. You have this case, the VHS case that, like, opens up. I'm still going to say no. I'm going to distance myself from that analogy as far as I can. Run. Let's move into like, quotes. 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 <laughs> like you would. No, we're moving into quotes. You would lovingly caress the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers DVD, uh, VHS case, and then you would hate fuck Turbo. <laughs> the joke for like twenty people, but I really appreciate it. I <laughs> have, fucking hate Turbo. I have two quotes. <laughs> I have too. the best. You quote. really do fucking hate Turbo. <laughs> I have the best quote, and then the what the fuck quote. All right, we'll save your what the fuck for the end. Okay. Uh, do you want to go with your best quote? Yeah. So the best quote is, I think it's Dan Aykroyd who says that when Vigo left. He's, he left behind with the words, death is but a doorway, time is a window, I shall return, or something like that. That's a really badass quote that's just kind of like offhandedly tossed off. That's a surprising badass quote that I've never realized is in this movie. Yeah, Dan Ak- <laughs> they're like walking totally into a building. Totally forget that one. It's yeah, like, when they're talking about, death is uh, but a doorway, time is but a window, yeah. I shall return. That's, that's pretty awesome. That's, that's what he said quote. before his head was uh, taken away, the bad guy. Oh, okay, when yeah. he was like yeah. quartered and like... Take it away from yeah. that. It's pretty awesome. And then uh, uh, Brian Clevenger. the greatest adventure of all. That's a good one. Which one was yours? <laughs> anyway, so uh, Brian Clevenger in the 8-Bit Theater webcomic, which is a great webcomic, he has one of the villains say that quote after he's defeated. Not Chewie's quote. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but what? the uh, death is but a doorway, yeah. time oh, is but right. a window, <laughs> I shall return. And then it cuts to one of the dumbass adventures, and it's like, well, that's the last we've seen of that guy. <laughs> Good stuff. Apit uh, Theater, nuclearpower.com. Joey, what's your quote? I A child? <laughs> I love that. Perfect. Could, <laughs> could, I, I, could you deliver it again, please? A child? Very nice. A is that Yano? Yeah, it was Yano. <laughs> yeah, okay. Definitely. I, lo- I, just, I love Yano. Or what, Yano's, whatever his name is. It's you know. I do too. You know? It's great. Yeah. I, I love him having it up. I know you hated oh. Elliot. But I don't care because it brings me so much joy. Elliot okay. is the uh, is the definition on our podcast of we can love you and disagree with you on almost every movie. <laughs> yeah, we have that with a lot of our friends. We do, but we don't have them on our podcast as much as we have Elliot on. Yeah, you have very odd hills that you choose to die on. <laughs> uh, John, do you have a quote? We don't die on any of them. Uh, yes, it's when they're trying to uh, they're at uh, Dana's place and checking it all out and. Uh, Egon's like, Vankman, get a stool sample. Vankman's like, business or personal? It's <laughs> a good one. Joey, what about you? Um, it has to be just, uh, soon the city will be mine and Vigo's. Mainly Vigo's. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. That was my first one, so I can go for my Vigo? second one. <laughs> Vigo? Vigo. Uh, mine is, uh, after they're done wrapping up at Dana's apartment, 
uh, they look around like, all right, do we have enough here? And uh, Egan goes, well, I'd like to do some gynecological exams on the mother. And Bill Murray just goes, who wouldn't? <laughs> <laughs> oh, misogyny. Yeah, okay, so my I what mean, the that, fuck quote. Uh, I just don't know what scientific thing he'd get out of that. Yeah, I don't know. Either. It's ego. I'm sure it's something. Is her vagina possessed too? That's a different movie. I mean, that okay. would be where Egon goes what, with What's it. your what the fuck quote what before the, fuck we quote. the movie system? So they're in the courtroom and they start turning on their proton packs yep. and um, uh, Venkman says, do, and then Ray says, Ray, <laughs> and then Egon says, Egon. Egon! And then the two guys look at Egon and he just gives the biggest smirk and it's like, what wait so were they doing like do re me and yeah. it's like oh he said ray so i'm gonna say my name and then the guys are gonna be like what that was crazy and then egon gives the biggest smirk of like yeah i know i'm super cool <laughs> and honestly moments like that like, is why i found him attractive and i was like, I, I've, 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 I actually like that quote yeah <laughs> yeah I, I love that moment. i love that moment why, yeah. as egon why would you say me just because like, egon like, I can guarantee when I was in choir, we made that joke all the fucking time. <laughs> Did you? Like, all give an example. The fucking, well, because you have to do warm ups every do morning in choir. Right, right. So, do, Egon. re, mi, fa, so, la, ti. And every now and then it would be do, do re, ega. And somebody would always do it and it was always killed. Like, oh, right. like, <laughs> like done. Rest of the yeah. day. All right. So, now I'm categorizing your choir class with you in my brain of people who are going to latch on to the weirdest things <laughs> and defend them passionately. I like what I like. I wasn't, it's a big I, hill. It's I, a big I, hill they're gonna all die on. <laughs> I say I wasn't in choir, but I did like that part yep. yeah. because it made me laugh. It's funny. It's a good moment. And it's mostly funny it's a, because it's a of play his on facial words. expression. Because <laughs> uh, Egon has so much sexy confidence in that moment. He's like, yeah, I said. My I name. know I'm. He hot. does that oh, smirk yeah. a lot in that in this movie. Yes. So and I, I like actually. it. I can see if you're on the Egon train that this mm. is all going down smooth. All right, so, so review system <laughs> for t- review ooze. system for today. <laughs> uh, review system for today is going to be tone shifting sequels, Cars Two. Oh yeah, that works. That okay. totally works. It's about quality level and uh, and tonal shift. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. That, that works really well. Uh, I'm going. No, I can't go that positive. I was gonna go way too positive. <laughs> Dark Knight. No. <laughs> Actually, that one's okay. Uh, You know, fuck. Uh, I have two. I'll have to dumb it down a little bit, but I'm going aliens. Um, Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking that too. And that's too hot. I like this movie, but not that much. I'm going more so because it's such a dramatic shift in uh, tone where it's like, this is a horror comedy. And then the same thing with, this is comedy comedy. And then aliens with, this is a horror horror. This is action horror. And it was such a big shift, but it still kind of worked. The characters were still there, but they didn't really feel the same. And that's kind of this one here. Although the Ghostbusters were all still pretty samey, but there's a little bit different. It's not my best one, but I'm, I'm sticking to it. I can do Smokey and the Bandit 2 again. <laughs> because <laughs> this is probably only the second time it's been brought up on your podcast. The first yeah. being when I mentioned it earlier. It, most definitely. So <laughs> I might as well just like get the most out of it. Yeah. It's just the sequel where the first movie was so fun and you can just put it on anytime you order a pizza and take your pants off and just have... <laughs> Very odd requirements to watch Smokey and the Bandit. <laughs> yeah. And Ghostbusters. But, you know, just like ideal movie viewing conditions. Just a fun time. Yeah. You just want to have a blast. And then you watch the sequel and it just bogs down in all this drama that you have to wade through just to get to like half the heights of the previous film that works it's another movie that i still defend as yes it's not as good as the first one completely different 
but it is so much fun that you cannot deny it. And if you do, I'm annoyed at you, and you just don't want to admit that you enjoyed it. Wow, it's getting real dark. Chronicles of Riddick. Oh, uh, yeah. Totally different than Pitch Black. <laughs> Chronicles of Riddick is such a fun, dumb movie. Yes, Pitch Black was super serious, guys. Super serial. And was a fantastic film, and it was just a brand new horror film that we hadn't gotten in a long time, and it stands out on its own. And Chronicles of Reddick just went, you know what? We're going to make this flashy. We're going to make this glitter. We're going to put Carl Urban in it, and that makes everything better. Uh, I'll go with uh, Look Who's Talking Now, <laughs> because the dogs can talk. <laughs> wow, how did you come up with that? It's, it's really a gift from God. <laughs> Ah, podcasting magic. <laughs> uh, okay, so that will bring Ghostbusters 2 and 2017 to a close. We made Bye, it. Bye, 2017. You a, won't be missed. A <laughs> shitty year goes out on a you shitty night. You took Tom Petty away from me. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The funny thing is, this was the best New Year's movie I could come up with, and all we did was shit on it for an hour. <laughs> Hey, I didn't shit on it. You know, the good thing is I didn't make us all watch New Year's Evil, which was really close to happening. <laughs> oh, that movie's better than this one. No. <laughs> He's evil. <laughs> hey, you like that ham up, but you don't like a child? Yes. <laughs> a child. A child. Uh, so uh, if I'm doing my math right, which I'm usually not, but I believe next week we are off. Uh, because I just don't have that much time to record and celebrate all of the holidays and travel and do mm. everything. So I think we might miss a week, but we might not. Excuses. I'm trying my best. Uh, we'll see. I have to look at the calendar again, but I'm not going to. Yeah. There is a chance that you won't have a new episode next week, is all I'm saying. But mm. either next week or the week after that, we have, I filled it out last night, or at least I tried to. Um, I believe, if it's not on this thing, our first episode in the new year is Mother! Explanation Point. Uh and that one will be a uh, whew, that'll be a fun one to talk about. It'll be divisive. It will be very divisive. Um, and then our battle, which I don't know when it's coming in January, but uh, because January is renowned for having terrible movies, our battle for the month of January will be worst movies ever. Horrible fucking movies. So we're trying to see who wins at being the worst. Yes, who has the worst at the table? The one who gets Chewie to actually throw something at her TV screen. Yep, like we want like offensively like what the fuck is this movie? I already know which one. So everybody's coming in with DC movies, huh? You can't help yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, there's another drinking game involved in this. Uh, well, thank- Elliot is really stretching our friendship. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> if he was more like malicious about it, I'd actually have a problem. <laughs> but he says it all with this like utter glee, and then laughs at his own joke. <laughs> <laughs> it really it softens the blow to, to my heart. <laughs> uh, okay, so thank you, Elliot, for coming on two weeks in a row. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joey, for coming on. Yeah, no problem. And thank you all for uh, past year podcasting. Bye. 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 Bye.